This episode of the Film Freaks is brought to you by our Gmail. Feel free to reach out and email us at thefilmfreaks01 at gmail.com. Once again, that's thefilmfreaks01 at gmail.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Film Freaks. I'm your host, Derek, and I hope once again you're having a fantastic week. Uh, better than last, especially now that we're here together again, right? <laughs> so before we get moving, I have a few housekeeping chores to do um, for the pod, but um, I kind of wanted to just ease into it. So uh, the first big thing that I'm going to address is last week. Now, if you don't follow us on Instagram, I actually did say that we were going to, in fact, cover Creep 2. The issue is upon viewing Creep 2, I didn't have a whole lot, and even recording it, I didn't have much to say. So I was presented with a bit of an issue. Do I just go ahead and release an episode that's like 20, not even 20 minutes long? Um, and then continue ranting about my um, frustrations with the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, for another like 15 minutes? Do I take Creep 2 and kind of combine it with this episode? How exactly do I go about um, releasing this? And I just completely decided not to release it. The reason why was because I always find that if I'm not happy with something, and, you know, why, why should I put it out there for you to listen to, right? If I don't like it, what says that you're going to like it? Now, I could be wrong, and there have been instances where creators have done just that, and people love it, but for me personally, I don't want to release something that I don't particularly care for. On the other hand, um, in recent weeks, this podcast has started to feel more like a job than an actual... Um, hobby that I am doing and whilst a job isn't terrible um, I kind of don't want this to feel like a job so there have been instances where I've also wanted a break um, so I'm, I'm playing with the idea in my head of maybe taking a break I haven't officially decided yet but if I do take a break it shouldn't be more than like a month at most um, but it, it's just something that's kind of been in my head that I wanted to bring to you. Um, so this week has been also really fun because I have had the whole week off school. And um, as you can imagine, being a college student, it's one of those instances where you're like, wow, um, I, I kind of almost forgot subconsciously what it's like to sleep in. No, except for because my only day to sleep in is Sunday. So um, I work on Saturday and every other, you know, Tuesdays, Thursdays, I have school and the rest of the days I usually have work. So, I mean, although my day does happen to finish a little earlier than most, it's one of those times where, or one of those deals where, yeah, I'll, I'll work early so I can have the rest of my day, but it comes at the cost of sleeping in. So, in some ways that's good, in other ways it's kind of, uh, you know, but I, personally, I, I enjoy the fact that I get the rest of the day and I'll take that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima. That's been really, really fun. The game is absolutely beautiful, too. Um, just 
having a great time with that. Um, I think I'm almost done. I plan on being done, hopefully, by the end of the week that this episode is released, because I want to start playing Hogwarts Legacy. I am very much late to the party on that. Um, but yeah, you know, just kind of hanging out, enjoying life, um, you know, just taking care of personal stuff and you know just trying to relax i've been also playing animal crossing new horizons that game is just so i don't even know how to explain it it's just a heartwarming game and i hear it's good for your mind too so it, it wouldn't hurt um couple of school papers actually the big thing that i want to let you in on is that um i am working on a short film so one of my classes well two of them but one of them in particular is a creative writing course and our professor wants us to um sit down and write like a three to five page double spaced um short story and so i was thinking well i could probably turn this into a short film so i'm looking at that but other than that, not a whole lot. Um, I want to go ahead and get into today's film, though, because I know that some of these intros are kind of long, but hey, look, we had some housekeeping to do, so we're not going to worry about that too much. Um, so this week, we're going to be talking about the movie Last Night in Soho. Okay, so Last Night in Soho is a very particularly interesting movie to me. And the reason why is because I think that when it first came out, I was seeing a lot of mixed reviews. I was seeing some people that said, yeah, it's great. Some people that said it kind of falls flat. I didn't look much into it because this has always been a movie that's kind of been on my radar since I seen the trailer and it came out. I hadn't seen it up until today, the day that I am recording this. And um, I got to say, I'm impressed but only moderately, right? Only moderately impressed. And I guess the reason why, and spoilers for, for, for last night and Soho, um, if you don't know, uh, we usually talk spoilers on this show. Nine times out of ten, we'll be talking spoilers. This is an unfiltered, un, un, uncanned uh, discussion about the movie. So, um, yeah, spoilers ahoy. So, I like I said, I loved it. But I was only moderately impressed, right? So there were instances where I was rather like, wow, this is really cool. And other moments where I was like, is this really necessary? So the movie is about, and I usually pull out IMDb, but not this week. This week I'm challenging myself to not pull out IMDb too much. Except for like casting and stuff. So this movie centers around this girl who is a fashion designer. Her name is Ellie. and um, Or Eloise. And she is an aspiring um, clothing designer. I think I already said that. And so she has this big opportunity to go to London and go to this really prestigious college where she can, you know, continue her craft. And so she takes that opportunity and one of the things I love is the first shot of this or like the first um, like clip you see like the first minute or so is actually her in a dress that she presumably designed dancing in a um in a in a doorway and I kind of like that because it kind of said you know I always say the first shot or first few shots of the film kind of set the tone for the rest of the movie and there are a couple times where that shot seems to repeat. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I swear we've seen it at least twice uh, 
throughout the movie. But she's just dancing and, um, you know, walks into her house or her room or whatever and doing her thing and just really enjoying life, it seems. Well, when she gets to London, she has a, a an ability, I guess you could call it, where she can see things that have happened in the past or simply see different things in general. So, um, for example, when she's dancing in her house and she's in her room, she looks in the mirror and she sees this woman who we later find out is her mom, or it's very much hinted that that is her mom. It's all but confirmed. We don't, you're, you're, you're effectively told, hey, this is her mom without being told. It's show, don't tell. Classic, classic storytelling um, tip. So... She gets to London, she is dorming with this really jerk, you know, thinks she's on top of the class, kind of, I don't know what they call girls that are jocks in, in school, but like, the 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 quote-unquote pretty girl who who's just spoiled and just an egotistical jerk. And um, after dealing with her for so long... Elwin, or, uh, El- Ellie, Ellie, <laughs> I knew it started with an E-L, <laughs> Ellie, uh, decides, screw this, I'm gonna go and get my own place, so she moves out, she goes into this, this, uh, moves into this apartment, um, where the landlady is downstairs, and she's up, you know, Ellie lives upstairs, and you know, there's a sign that does this, um, road alternate, alternates between red, white, and blue coloring, which it's got to mean something. I'm sure everything, you know, can have some sort of meaning in film. Um, there is such a thing as overanalyzing it, but I, I feel like that's a really cool opportunity to also talk about how beautiful the movie is shot, which we'll come back to. But when she falls asleep, she, she, has these visions of this, uh, woman by the name of, well, it's, it's like, I'm trying to figure out, because she's called Alex at one point, she goes by different names, but her name is, might as well be Alex, uh, it says here, Sandy, Sandra, Sandy, Alex, so I'm gonna call her Alex, um, and Alex is an aspiring dancer, well, she is, like, she's living in the 1960s, so every time that we see Alex, nine times out of ten, it's the 1960s, so I don't want you to get too confused if I'm, like, talking, and suddenly I say, oh, yeah, and this happens, and it sounds like, no, that sounds really out of date, it, it's because it's the 1960s, so we kind of shift between two, two eras, um, the 60s with Alex and the modern day with Ellie, so Alex is this like woman who's really really sure of herself. She's not over overly confident. I mean maybe a little bit, but she's not like this egotistical jerk that Ellie's roommate is. She she has a confidence, this kind of swagger to her. She says I'm going to be the next big thing, things of that nature. So she wants to be a dancer and a singer, a dancer slash singer whatever. And so she goes to this bar and she's talking to this guy and um, she ends up like just flirting with him. And eventually they they start to build a romance. Well, just to kind of fast forward through here so I can get to my points. She um, has this romance. It goes south and she ends up becoming a type of prostitute. Now, this is going to have some... um, some uh, mature themes, so just putting that out there, but through her prostitution, um, there ends up being a murder, 
and Ellie sees this murder. She doesn't know who did it, um, but she knows that there is a murder that took place, and I'll explain it a little more. Um, you know, I want to kind of build a little bit of tension here, of course, but she ends up um, having to, like going a little crazy trying to figure out what what happened in this murder case and who murdered who and things of that nature. Why it happened? Most well, I mean, it's not entirely like why it happened, but it's like kind of you know what I mean. But like just kind of the 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 motivation behind the murder in, in terms of who did it and uh why i guess and, and the reason i'm so hesitant to say why is because i don't ever feel like we're really given a reason until like late in the movie um eventually though there is a twist but to kind of go into this um i'll i'll get to the big twist stuff at the end because that's where i'm going to spend a lot more of um time on this movie is the end so i want to address everything leading up to it that makes sense get a little bit of linear uh linear linear points here <laughs> what a first for the film freaks right so one of the things i absolutely love is um the dynamic between ellie and alex now there's there's a whole bit where we first meet ellie uh, or um, alex i mean when we first meet alex and um she is like looking in this mirror well her reflection is Ellie. So you're kind of getting that Spider-Man from uh, the Tobey Maguire era, the first Spider-Man movie by Sam Raimi, where Norman's talking to the Green Goblin, but they're they're they look almost exactly the same, but they're they're two very different individuals, if that makes sense. So they're kind of like you know it, it's it's really neat. I always love that trick, especially in this movie. Um, the way it's done is she's looking in the mirror and the person looking back at, at her, uh, she being Ellie, um, the person looking back at Ellie is Alex. And then when, like, the, the, there's some camera trickery. I think when she taps the mirror twice, it, you know, like, zooms in or whatever. And when Ellie leaves the mirror, Alex is still there. Well, as we're zooming in, the mirror disappears. Now we're following Alex. There's things like that. They go up this, you know, they go up these stairs. The reflection is Ellie. When she's in a car, the reflection is Ellie. And it, it's really neat to kind of see the attention to detail, especially in that first dream sequence, if you will, um, where that is just taking place. The second sequence has that, and I think by the time we get to the third, the movie kind of drops it just a little bit, um, but the initial, um, the, the initial scenes and moments where we see this and realize it, it's like, wow, that's some, that's hell of detail, um, being, being put into this movie. There's even a scene where there, where she dances with this guy by the name of Jack, she being Ellie slash Alex, and no, they're not the same person, but I say she because the, the way that it's done is when Alex, or when, um, Jack goes to twirl Alex, when Alex comes back in frame and instead it's Ellie, but then when Ellie goes back on frame and comes back around, it's Alex. So there's things like that. So it's really, really well done. Edgar Wright, who directed this movie, helped write it and things that, you know, had a real big hand in it. It was pretty much an, it's an Edgar Wright movie, but, um, did a fantastic job. Absolutely fantastic when it came to like the the visuals and and especially the way that this movie is shot and and looks it it's incredible, um, but there's a few things that I also didn't like one of which we'll get into now, 
as we go into the movie, the there's a mystery element that's introduced. Um, and as that's introduced, I feel like it kind of it, it falls short. So as we go into the movie, um, there's this kind of mystery element. And I feel like we kind of, it, it falls short just a little because the murder scene that we get to, which I want to say is like the big thing in the trailer kind of, uh, or at least one of them is like a little over halfway, I feel like through the movie. And I haven't actually checked. I don't, I, when I watch these movies, I, I watch them and then I do notes after the movie and so I, I had a bit of a hard time making notes, but I'm going to be a little critical of this because I actually want it to be better. Um, that's not going to say that's not to say it's going to be better by just simply me critiquing it, but just simply that this is something that if it's done again, this is a way that I would, you know what I mean? Like th this is kind of the criticism of if somebody else is making a movie, you get the idea. It's it's. It's what we do, okay? Look, I don't need to explain myself to you. <laughs> so, um, but no, like, I, I wish that with the murder, that it was a little more centrical around the murder, right? So, um, it, it's hard, I, I guess. I've never really done a, a movie. I've never made a movie before, but I can only imagine how hard it is to tell two stories that um, with two different characters in a very linear fashion, the way, you know, side by side, the way this movie does, but, um, you know, like, it does a good job, it's the fact that the murder comes, like, a little over midway through the movie, and that's when things really ramp off, and, and you know, like, take off and ramp up, um, you know, ramp off, I guess you could say, because, I said it, <laughs> trying to combine the two, but, uh, things take off after that murder, and, it's more of like a who did it, but I don't feel like it's more of a mystery so much as it is watching these two characters, um, Ellie and her friend, her guy friend who I can't remember, but I'm trying not to go to, um, IMDB, but, um, <laughs> so I'm going to call her her guy friend. So Ellie and her guy friend go and, um, they're, they're trying to figure out like at this library who, murder who and who what the name of this woman Alex is um and they well it's more so like just trying to figure out kind of what happened if anything um she goes to the police but obviously the police in almost every movie ever are useless and so she takes it upon herself to, to, to figure this out. Well, as she's trying to figure it out, she starts having more hallucinations, more visions, um, more aggressive visions, if you will, um, post, post the murder of Alex. Um, and so what, what's interesting is like, she'll have these freakouts. She'll be in school. She'll be designing this dress. She'll freak out. And there's a scene where she just runs outside and she's just running all around like the streets of London, having this big flip out. And that's when she notices the police station and goes to tell the police. And it's kind of like, okay, but I feel like there's again, a better way to do it. Perhaps having her like see things that aren't there. I mean, she is doing that, but I feel like it's when she's chasing Alex it's hard to kind of explain, but I, I almost wish that she would do something and then realize it's wrong and then realize that what she did 
um, I don't know, like blackout, have her blackout or something. Like it, it's, it's hard to, to, again, to express, but there, maybe you do an instance where she blacks out and she comes to, she blacks out. She has this vision of Alex and she comes to, and she's maybe ruined one of her designs on paper as she's drawing it. Right. She's turns out she was drawing it and she drew something really bad or, um, something that would kind of alert her or just something, you know, that catches her off guard and then kind of go from there maybe, but having her freak out and kind of running around London, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe the first time or two it was fine, but as it keeps happening, it's like, oh boy, we're freaking out again. So I don't know, like maybe that's just me, but that's something that I picked up on. Um, another thing that I really didn't care for was the shadow people. So, um, as we kind of get to know Alex more and more and her, her, um, storyline continues, uh, we're introduced to the idea of prostitution. So the guy that she was into, Jack, ends up, um, like, I guess you could say, getting her into prostitution, saying, well, these are certain, certain people here you have to please, and it's the 60s, man. Like, I think, it, to my understanding, dudes were hitting on girls, and there wasn't really much of a filter, I feel like, for it, um, especially in this movie, at least the way it's presented. Just, like, these older dudes hit up on, uh, hit on Alex, um, this, this younger guy, Jack, is hitting on her, I mean, everyone's just hitting on her, she's not a bad looking girl, but, um, it's like, yo, <laughs> this one time where this guy, like, grabs her arm and brings her back, and she just, like, yanks her arm out from him, and is like, dude, like, back off, and, um, so it's just these your instances where it's like, okay, you know, that's, that's violating, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's all these different things where you, you can kind of understand where, um, Alex is coming from and why by the end of the movie, she's doing what she does. Um, but she becomes this prostitute and she's talking, there's a scene where she's talking to a police officer who, um, you know, kind of asks her, are you sure you're in the right field? And, you know, I guess Alex is kind of just out of it, but she, um, she's, she has a drink with these guys and I guess they, they end up hooking up. Um, and then she goes back the next day and, or, you know, the next night has some drinks and just, you know, hooks up and it, it, the cycle continues to repeat. Well, um, we, we end up seeing these shadow people are, um, like just the people that she's hooked up with and they seem to keep trying to interfere with Ellie as Ellie's trying to figure out this mystery and you know like they're trying to hold her back throughout the movie as she's trying to chase Alex to get more information um she can't exactly communicate with Alex um because it, it seems more I mean it, it doesn't seem like she can but um there, she's like you know, touches her shoulder, but Alex doesn't know that she's there, doesn't seem to have any response that she's there, um, things like that, so it's kind of that Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets idea, I feel like, where Harry goes to touch something, and his, like, or somebody in his hand just kind of goes through them, so that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting there, um, but these shadow people, they, they seem to, like, interfere and intervene, and it, it gets kind of annoying because you, you know that they're, well, because they're these faceless dudes, right? So we, we see their face, but their face is, like, ever morphing, so they're not, there's no actual face there. It's, like, 
you know, it's it's one of those things where you, you, you can see them, you just can't exactly see who they are, if that makes sense. So, I mean, it's it's a whole deal where they're interfering and they're they're presenting this this obstacle. We later find out, however, um, that there's this old man um, who we meet while we're with Ellie, um, and this is earlier in the movie before you meet the shadow people, as I'll call them here. Um, and he's just kind of a weirdo, and we're led to believe that that's Jack in the present day. Um, this is an issue I have. The guy, as it turns out, after he ends up getting killed by like there's this there's these cars nobody in this movie looks where they're going and so everybody almost gets hit by a car ellie gets hit by a car at least nearly twice this old dude old geezer gets hit by a car and ends up dying i mean there's just a whole bunch of people running out in the street and you're almost getting hit by cars it's like come on guys you'd think at the by now at this point how many years have you been on this earth you'd at least understand hey maybe you should look both ways before crossing the street simple kindergarten stuff but in Anyhow, this old guy is after he's killed. She's she's trying. Ellie's trying to get a confession out of him because she's seen the death. But she's trying to get a confession for so she can go to the police and say, "Hey, this old dude who's still alive, who's still roaming the streets of London, was the one that in fact killed Alex." And as it turns out, he was not. Um, but he is being shady, and this is annoying. Um, he goes, "Well." I didn't kill Sandra, Alex did, and so you, you'll see where this is going, but that, that was like a big line right there, I didn't kill Alex, or no, I didn't kill Sandra, Alex did, so if you can kind of put that line together, you'll see where this is going, um, a little subtlety from Edgar Wright, which I do appreciate, um, because at first I was like, who the hell is Alex, and as you start to put it together, it makes more and more sense, um, which I'll explain here momentarily, um, after this old guy gets killed, we find out that he was the cop who we met for like all of a minute and a half, two minutes, and that was it, so it was kind of a fake out, which I'm fine with, but like, I feel like it could have been set up better. I feel like it could have been done better. Perhaps actually have him be Jack and nobody believes um, Ellie and that's where she has to go. That I wouldn't have minded that. Um, I would have been more interested in that concept rather than where we're going. Um, eventually, um, the tenant, the landlady who we've spent a little bit of time throughout this movie with, um, eventually she turns out to be um, Sandra, or Alex, or in this case, her name is Alexandra. So, um, Alexandra is the old woman, and it's revealed to us that she, in fact, survived, and that instead of her being the one that was getting stabbed, she instead took the knife out of, um, in this case, Jack was trying, like, being really aggressive with her and saying, like, why can't you just listen to me? He had a knife, and he was on top of her in a bed, um, and just, like, you know, fully clothed, obviously, or of course, but just, just, like, ranting and screaming at her, and that's when she took the knife, twisted it, um, and started stabbing him and stabbed him, like, a hundred times, and then hit his corpse, presumably under the floorboard which leads me to ask the question how many bodies can you fit 
underneath this building's floorboard before things start stinking, rotting, stenching, and quite frankly, just becoming too hard to to hide. It, it just it's one of those things where like how do you how do you keep getting away with this? But it's not really explained. I guess it's not that important, but it it's kind of a concern to me because you know she's been doing this for I don't know maybe like. 30, 30 guys, 20, 30 guys. So how does she keep getting away with this and hiding them under the floorboards or wherever she's hiding them and not getting caught? So, I mean, I don't know. To me, that just kind of stuck out as a bit of an issue. Um, but she ends up trying to poison Ellie and for some weird reason or another, which again, I don't get, but you know, I, I mean, I watched the movie like a couple hours ago but even now, and this is why I wait a little while, if something's that good, I always feel like it'll stick with you until it doesn't, in which case you'll be like, wait a minute, I remember this being good, going back, watching it, and being like, oh, or reading it, and be like, oh, shoot, we've been playing it, oh, shoot, wow, this is good, and I see why I remember it being good, things of that nature. So when it comes to Alexandra poisoning Ellie, and this, of course, being after Ellie's dyed her hair from brown to blonde and started to look and dress like Alexandra from the 60s because she seemed very fond of, of her at first, it was this instance where it was like, um, okay. <laughs> so for whatever reason that I can't bring myself to recall, she tries to kill Ellie. She doesn't. Um, and instead, Ellie is able to escape Alexandra um, but then it's kind of presented to us, well, did Alexandra, by killing all those men, you know, luring them, effectively having a drink, luring them into that room, and then killing them upon them, you know, beginning the process of, of, of hooking up with her in the bedroom, if you know what I mean, uh, it, it, it leads me to this um, moral conflict, which I do like me some moral conflict, don't get me wrong, but darn it, there's there's... There's a <laughs> there's a bit of an issue here. Um, at the end of the movie, so um, well, well, I'll just say this: the the victims, the shadow people, are actually the victims that Alexandra's killed. So when they um they they grab onto Ellie while Ellie's running from Alex, and they like hold her to the bed, and then one of them comes out of a wall and picks up the phone and goes, "Help! Help us! Help us! Just kill her!" and save us, or something like that, and it's like, why are you holding her down then, let her call the police, the phone was probably unplugged anyhow, but like, dude, why are you guys doing this, and why have you been interfering, and getting in the way the whole time, there's a better way to kind of be subtle with this, I, and it's like, did you really have to keep getting in the way? I mean, yeah, when we look back, you're trying to keep her from Alex, but I, I don't, I just, I don't know. I mean, when she's chasing Alex in a, in a street, they're like, you know, grabbing onto her, yanking her back, holding her back. Sure. But there, there's, you know, you don't hear them say help us or something like that. I don't know. Maybe it would have been too obvious, but to me it was kind of like, okay, these are like, the stormtroopers of the movie, where they're, they're just there, they're faceless things that are just there for the fact of being annoying and being in the way. So it, it's, it's just, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, but again, this, this old guy, I would have been all for it, like trying to prove that this guy was a murderer 
and then maybe twisting it on his head. We don't spend nearly enough time with this cop guy to really, you know, in the 60s during Alex's arc, to really get the chance, of, you know, to, to, to feel bad for his death or to really, you know, um, question things or, or form as much of an opinion, well, actually, really any opinion on him. I mean, yeah, they say the brain takes two, you know, five, five seconds to form an opinion about somebody, but at the same time, we're in, we're in a movie and we're trying to get to know this character. So the fact that it, the, you know, the fake out that they did a fake out and it just doesn't work is like kind of frustrating. So, um, after, after the fact of, um, you know, Alex being revealed, we, I, I'm starting to wonder, like she, she had this ad on like a bulletin board or whatever to rent her apartment to people was her whole plan this whole time to rent her apartment out, then and eventually kill them? Or was it to, like, I don't know, to actually rent out your apartment? I mean, I, what, what exactly was the purpose here? Was there even a purpose? Is there even a motive for her? You know, there doesn't need to be, but it's like, hey, well, I mean, if she's this notorious serial killer that, you know, nobody knows about, then you'd think maybe she's renting her place out so she can start killing more guys that are trying to come on to her. The problem is she's, like, in her 70s or 80s, so she's this old chick that nobody's really into anymore. And it's like, okay. So, I mean, that's another question I have. Um, I guess the big thing is, was this whole twist predictable and, you know, at that, was it even necessary? So the first one is the predictability. So I kind of feel like it, I don't know, I, it didn't shock me the way that a movie like Saw would shock me. And I know that it's almost comparing like apples to oranges, but the way that Saw just kind of puts that plot twist at the end that kind of snap your fingers boom here we go this is the end everything starts clicking together um and just functioning like a well-oiled machine and you have all the pieces of the puzzle and you're starting to take a step back and really appreciate the uh the grand design of this this um this movie that is saw um on that note versus last night in soho where it's like oh yeah i'm alexandra like Oh, like my, my actual reaction was, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm going, oh, and then it just kind of stopped there. Like, huh? And I don't know. I mean, she, she then proceeds to take a knife. Um, Ellie's friend is there. I know I didn't talk much about him. He doesn't seem to have too big of a, of a, of a role in this either. Um, I mean, there is a part where Ellie goes to kill the, uh, the jock chick as I'll call her. And, um, she has these scissors and she's like, I'm going to kill one of these shadow people because they're really annoying and I'm tired of being afraid and running. And she goes to like stab one and it turns out it's actually a person. I would have liked to have seen a bit more of that maybe because then you're kind of getting in the audience's head. Like she's pushing shadows away, but instead they're actually like people and they're, you know, starting to come to her or come at her. And that's when her friend could, could jump in and try to save the day. But I don't know. And then she's maybe like, oh, can you see them? No. I All I see is you getting you know into a fight with all these other random people. That would have been an interesting idea to approach it from as well. But um, Alex goes to this guy, stabs him. Um, I don't 
recall if he survives. I, I actually know he does. Um, but like, bro, <laughs> Alex goes and, and, and like starts chasing after her very slowly. It's like a walk, like a walk chase. Like Ellie's, Ellie's poisoned, but she's climbing up the stairs and, um, Alex is right behind her with this kitchen knife. And so, uh, this chef's knife, kind of Michael Myers style, I guess you could say. But anyway, um, eventually though, like she, there's like a house fire because Alex knocked something over and we need a big old tension house fire. And, um, she just kind of like, I don't know, goes to kill herself because she, I guess says, Ellie, I know I'm wrong or I was in the wrong. Um, you know, but can you see where I'm coming from? And Ellie's like, yeah, I have sympathy for you. And Alex is like, well, the police are here and there's no way for me to redeem myself. So I'm just going to off myself. And Ellie's like, no, don't. But then, uh, uh, Alex is like, no, go save your friend. The building's on fire whatever. And I've lived my life. Yada, yada, yada. You know, leave, let me die in peace. You know, get out of here, woman. And so Ellie goes, okay. And leaves. And so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, just all in all, I don't think it was necessary um, I would have loved more of a mystery in terms of who killed Alex type idea, seeing Alex, you know, and, and, and maybe having some sort of like mourning Alex as you're trying, like feeling bad, feeling this, this idea of, or this, this feeling of sorrow or something, you know, having these feelings for Alex, like sympathy for Alex and seeing her and maybe just like, I don't know, like really trying to connect with Alex more at, on in terms of being a victim instead of the um, the 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 offender would have been nice, but I don't know. It just it didn't seem like the twist was necessary, and when it happened um, at the end of the movie when Ellie shows these designs off that she took from her flashback vision. Um, dream sequence or whatever in the very first um sequence that we meet Alex she makes that design um her design for her uh um for her like final exam or whatever which is having all the models walking out wearing them and showing the little fashion line so it, i feel like it's the it almost gives me this idea that the design was unoriginal but I guess you could argue that it was original in terms of the fact that she saw it in the in the dream. And maybe that's not exactly what um, Alex was wearing for that particular sequence. But the fact that she's looking up to Alex and, you know, slowly starts to turn, you know, looks, um, starts looking more and more like Alex. That I liked. Um but I just, I don't know. I mean, this, this movie, it does so many good things and then it just kind of falls apart and it's like, uh, it's a great looking movie, beautiful movie. Um, I did enjoy myself, but upon discussing it with you and just talking about it and thinking about it, I can see why the, there's some people that are kind of divided and some people that, you know, that, that like it and some that don't like it as much I don't think you can really hate this movie um because I don't know like it does have those things that do right I mean it's certainly not a movie like the bye-bye man where you can just say this movie is absolutely god-awful and here's why and then just everybody hates it um <laughs> I feel like it's one of those you love it you hate it or you're just kind of eh, like right in the middle like 
so I'm kind of in the middle. Um, I know it's it, it's it, it sounded like I was talking a little more negative. I think it's just in human nature that we critique and talk and point out the negatives more than the positives, which is unfortunate as it is can help in the long run at times. But all in all, I think I'm going to give this movie, you know, the similar to IMDb, a 7 out of 10. It does deserve a 7 out of 10. Because it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. It was just kind of, alright, you know, this movie exists. Um, is it one that I would like to go back to again with a fresh new set of, of, um, of, of spectacles? Yes. I wouldn't mind seeing this again. Am I in a hurry to get back to it? No. But when the time comes, if I do remember the twist and I do end up watching this with, I don't know, somebody like um, one of my friends, then I would be okay watching it because the cinematography is great. Um, the attention to detail in various scenes is wonderful. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's spot on. Um, and I would love now knowing what the twist is to see this movie going in knowing what you know what that twist is you know knowing that alex is the landlady so with that i think that's gonna do it um sorry if it sounded like i was repeating myself a bunch of times um i was sitting here before i started recording and i needed like two or three more notes i usually write about five or six and um per per movie and i was kind of struggling but i also wanted to go in depth with a few things so again i hope i didn't ramble too too much uh, or repeat myself way too much but, um, you know, there's only one way to get better, and that's just to do something. So, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Get over it. Get over yourself. <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, but, yeah, I think with that, uh, I'm going to go ahead and close the episode here. So, if you would like to, um, and I, I know I plugged this at the beginning of um, our episodes as of late, but you can email into the show and tell me what you think, and I'll even read it here on the show um, if, you, if you're if you okay with it. If not, please put, if, you're, if you want me to read it, put that in the email. Hey, I want you to read, um, you know, my email on the show, um, and if you don't, just say, hey, don't read in the show. Uh, just so I know, just let me know either way. Um, also, um, whatever your opinion is on this, like I said, if you have a topic you want us to cover, a movie you want us to watch, please, 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 please email in. Because <laughs> that's the only way we're going to hear from you, right? Uh, you can email us at thefilmfreaks01 at gmail.com. Once again, that's thefilmfreaks01 at gmail.com. We're also on TikTok and Instagram. I got to start putting more ads out. I'm trying to figure out the best way um, to do that. Like, I, I do I want to line them all up? Which I, I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to line up a bunch of them and then release them. Keep them as drafts and release them. Um, but that's for me. <laughs> you guys don't need to know that. <laughs> but I'm trying to make them in bulk. So I'm going to definitely try to, you know, keep challenging myself to be more active on TikTok and Instagram. Um, we are on TikTok and Instagram at Film Freaks Pod. Once again, it's at Film Freaks Pod on TikTok and Instagram. Our DMs are also always open. And if you're on Twitter still, I hear that Twitter is uh, starting to... Um, starting to not look so well 
But if you're still on Twitter and you still want to follow us, if that's even a thing in like three years from now, you, yes, you, Reginald, listening to this right now, yeah, you're in your car driving home, yeah, yeah, I know about you, Reginald, I see you, uh, <laughs> you can reach us on Twitter, uh, we are at filmfreaks underscore pod, once again, at filmfreaks underscore pod on Twitter. Um, I wonder what the next Twitter is going to be. Who knows? But anyhow, with that, I'm your host, Derek. Uh, take care of yourselves. I love you all, each and every one of you, very, very much. And I hope that your week, next week, is just as spectacular, if not even better, than this week. With that, wish you all the happiness in the world. Stay tuned. And I'll talk to you next week. Peace.